Hello and welcome to Automators. My name is Rosemary Orchard and as always I'm joined by David Sparks and we're going to talk about technology and technology updates. How are you David? I'm doing great Rose. I, it's always exciting the week of WWDC. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that we're not together. I was thinking this morning wistfully last year you and I recorded the post WWDC show in my hotel room with microphones yeah. propped on shoes. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And the shoes were on your suitcase. Just And the suitcase was on a suitcase stand just to fully set the picture. Yeah. And my foot was on an extra chair because oh, I broke my ankle. Right. Totally and I didn't right. realize I broke my ankle until a couple of days later when I got home. But it was okay. It was good fun. I enjoyed it. I was missing it as well. Not the broken ankle. Just you. It was fun. It was fun being together. And um, But uh, this year, uh, we've had a bunch more announcements about automation on the various mm-hmm. Apple platforms. It didn't feature as heavily in the keynote, but it once you start digging in the weeds, you find out, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on. So we oh, thought yeah. today we would share with you um, a bunch of information about new shortcuts and also some of the stuff on the Mac and, and HomeKit as well. I guess just to begin, that keynote was super dense. I mean, I... Oh, yeah. Information everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, but... Uh, shortcuts is not the brand new thing now, so it didn't get as as much featured there, but they did have a session on shortcuts. Yeah, they've actually had a couple of sessions on shortcuts, and uh, as we record those, there's going to be more sessions and uh, I think uh, some workshops later in the week uh, with the shortcuts team. Um, but uh, I started watching what the sessions earlier, and there was just so much information in there that wasn't in the keynote. Um, and it's great. And I've been playing with it. So full disclosure, I have it installed. Uh, the beta is installed on my iPhone, my iPad and my Apple watch. David, where are you at beta wise right now? Okay. So I have just gone completely crazy. I've got it on, I've got the big Sur on the laptop, but mm-hmm. not on my main machine and everything else that I own has the new beta side, except my watch. I haven't done the watch yet, but the, um, okay. Well, full disclosure on the watch, uh, I turned on the hand washing uh, thing earlier today, and I just washed my hands before we started recording, yeah. and uh, my watch rebooted. Okay. So, yeah, and I, the good news is, is I washed my hands for the entire time that my watch was rebooting, so I definitely managed the 20 seconds, because that takes a couple of minutes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, as as much as I like going to the base, the watch is always like the bridge too far for me, especially at yeah. beta one. But um, that's okay. It didn't break your watch, and that, that happened No, it just ago. rebooted. It's fine again now. Yeah. Um, so, so Apple really has uh, done a lot for automation. You know, it almost feels like they're listening once in a while. Oh, and, yeah. And um, I thought, why don't we start with, um, with iOS? Because that's, I believe, the, probably the area that needs the most help with automation. I mean, there, there are so many great tools on the Mac, you know, it, whether you use like a, a developer-generated tool like Keyboard Maestro or, or Text Expander, or you, you know, get into scripting and Apple scripting. Uh, there's a lot of tools available, whereas iOS really the only game in town is shortcuts. So we're always very eager to see what happens with shortcuts. Yeah. And um, well, keynote wise, there, there were a couple of things. I spotted shortcuts in a couple of places in the keynote, in the widgets on the screen. And I've since played and I love that I can stack multiple shortcuts widgets on top of one another. Yeah, And I also did spot that. it on the Apple Watch, yeah. which is great as well. So shortcuts is actually on my Apple Watch. And I now have 666 shortcuts on my Apple Watch because it just put all of them on there. So oh, that's great. That'll be a fun afternoon moving some of those off or yeah. you know, like 660 of them off. <laughs> so so just to kind of go in the weeds on that, when you create a new shortcut and you modify the shortcut, there's now a switch that allows you to say, put this on Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing what happens is that switch is on by default. So all of your shortcuts yep. have that, that box. Yeah. Now, that wasn't a very good default. I feel like that should have been the opposite. I, I kind of feel it would have been better to do the opposite as well. I, f- for people with, say, 20 shortcuts or less, by all means, throw them all on the watch. But for people with 600-odd or, you know, some people have got thousands of shortcuts, Federico Vitici, I'm sure, has, hunt, you know, definitely more than me. You know, we're going to be spending an afternoon at some point, maybe a day, just going through and turning that off. And I've not found a way to mass disable that. And for a little bit of extra fun, I did not have data loss this year. I had bonus shortcuts, the shortcuts I've recently deleted reappearing. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that as well. And the, um, uh, the, yeah, I guess let's just let's let's kind of talk about that beta stuff a little bit. There's always been a problem with shortcuts, at least with iOS 13, mm. where you had the 
the sh- you had two boxes in the preferences. You could say, I want to sync shortcuts and I want to sync their order. And for some reason, syncing order was always a little hairy. I had a situation just last month where my shortcuts all just stopped working. I'd open the app and it would crash like within seconds. And oh. I went in and turned off the sync um, shortcut order and it, it fixed the problem. So you know, there were still issues in iOS 13. I think they've got that sorted out because with a new setting menu for shortcuts, you don't even have the option to turn off sync short order, it just syncs or it doesn't sync. You get the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, that's Which good. I think is probably for the best, let's be honest, because yeah. it, on the one hand, you might think, yes, it's a great idea to have a different order of shortcuts on different devices. But with the addition of folders, which are now new and available in iOS 14, uh, you may not need that quite so much anymore. Agreed. So uh, let's, you know, they added folders. So we, we've talked about the need for organization tools and shortcuts for years. Um, I've always felt that this was something that was coming. It just wasn't there yet. And this year we got it. So yeah, it's great. Uh, you can create, I don't know how many, I've got four folders currently and I'm mm-hmm. testing. I'm sure you can create a lot more than that. Uh, oh, yeah. The method to do it is you can hit the, the ellipses on the shortcut and just hit move and move it to the folder, or you can just drag it to the folder. They have the folders displayed below. So there's a whole bunch of ways you can do this. And um, I haven't got mine all organized yet. It's so early in the beta process. I'm a little leery of spending you know, 30 minutes organizing all my shortcuts and finding that, you know, in the next beta, the organization gets lost. That happens sometimes as you're going through the beta process. But yeah. I am very uh, eager to have it. I, I created one of the things I did, and we'll talk later about the widget that they've added to the home screen, but I just created a folder called widget. And that way, when you pick, when you set the widget on your screen, you can you can say, just look at the shortcuts I put into the widget folder to display on my screen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that that's something I'm really liking. So I started out with a folder called home screen. And then I added home screen too, because I wanted to try stacking. Um, and so people who've not seen the keynote, uh, you can add a widget just like you would previously have had in this debut on your home screen. Yeah. Now, d- app developers are going to have to rewrite most of their their widgets because it's Swift UI only, which is Apple's uh, new um, user interface design, which they released last year and they've added to this year. Um, and it's non-interactive except shortcuts. So if I tap on uh, a shortcuts um, shortcut inside of a widget, then it actually animates a little bit and does stuff. But most of the time, if you tap on something, it literally just opens that app to whatever view that is. But there are short, there are widgets of different sizes. There's small, medium, big, and really, really big. Um, and you can stack things on top of each other. So if they're the same size, like Lego, you can just put them on top of each other which is pretty cool. So I have multiple shortcuts widgets that yeah. I've uh, stacked on top of each other. So I can swipe between them, which is pretty cool. And so the options for shortcuts is you can use the medium or large size. And with the yeah. medium, you can put four shortcuts in a medium size widget. And with the large, you can put eight. Um, mm-hmm. And like Rose said, and Rose figured this out. I, I, I just assumed it wouldn't work, but the uh, you can put multiple with uh, shortcuts of the multiple widgets of the same type on top of each other, and you never it never occurred to you do that for like the calendar because it's going to have the same data. It's actually not even the same type; it's the same size. So you could have calendar shortcuts shortcuts weather on top of each other. Yeah, so long and, as they're the same, you're right. So like, yeah. the, like if it's medium size, um, yeah. But but what Rose figured out was you could put multiple shortcuts widgets in the same stack so long as they're the same size so you put two in i don't know if you've tested how far you can go with that but i've only tried it with two so far because i'm not sure which ones i want on my home screen yet i had a couple that i'd added to my home screen um and so those were the first that went into home screen um that's the folder that i'm using because uh so if you tap and hold on the widget then you can edit the widget and it'll say something like edit shortcuts yeah and then you can pick which folder you want um and then of course it will actually display the shortcuts from that folder so i just put a couple in that folder um and now i've just broken it and i have the same folder uh in both of my widgets but that's okay another another point maybe this is just a beta thing you can only put one stackable set in you can't have multiple mm-hmm. stackable sets although they have one called smart stack which is something they make you can put that in in your own personally built stackable set yeah um and uh 
it's great. I, so the ones that made the cut for me, I, I'm just using one set and it's the medium size. So I have four shortcuts, but mm-hmm. yeah. I have the Max Sparky, the Sparks Law and the personal shortcuts, which are launching points to, you know, it's choose from menu shortcuts that goes mm-hmm. really, really deep. So like almost anything I want to do from those parts, those are contextual, you know, those contexts yeah. of my life, almost all my shortcuts I can get to through those three. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure what I'm going to do with the fourth one yet. It's really nice having that on my screen, home screen at all times. And it's right yes. across the top. Yeah. Uh, I found putting it at the, in the bottom section was not good because then I, I usually swipe in that area to bring up Spotlight. Um, and so I was swiping and it was swiping between my shortcuts widgets, which was fun, but frustrating. So I quickly moved that up uh, to the top as well. Um, and then I put the weather at the top and now I've got it just below and I'm experimenting. My home screen is going to change so many times this summer because of these widgets, but it's going to be good fun. Yeah. And, you know, historically, I always have like, you know, somewhere between five and ten on my iPad, at least um, shortcuts launchers on the home screen. And mm-hmm. I think probably all of those are going to go away. Even the ones that don't fit in four, I can, they all fit contextually in areas of my life. I think I can kind of rebuild these to make it work. And um, so I think for me, at least shortcuts are going to move into the widget and they're not going to be on the home screen anymore. So that's going to be nice to clean up the home screen just a little bit. Definitely. I'm just wishing you could launch the shortcuts app from the widget right now i don't think you can like you can you can open a shortcut so that shortcut could open shortcuts yeah um but i i'm not willing to sacrifice one of those big spaces for that so at the moment i have launch cuts in my dock and i have shortcuts on my home screen because even though we got folders inside of shortcuts i think launch cuts has not been sure looked here because launch cuts does uh smart folders um yeah. and and so for me the smart folders alone like i'm gonna have to use those to make manual folders for the time being because it's like okay well i have all these you know uh great smart uh folders well you know which which shortcuts are in those again um but you know i'll get there yeah just like so often it's like the difference between calendar and fantastical i mean apple will do a a good job of it oh yeah when a developer comes in and they say i'm going to spend all my time working on this one problem they always have more features. And I, I think Apple's actually afraid to put in of some of the features that you get with launch cuts because it just gets too fiddly for a lot of users mm-hmm. and they want to keep it simple. But either way, um, man, folders and shortcuts, widgets on the on the home screen, those are great things for automators because that stuff is always present for you. Now, the big question yeah. before we move on to some of the stuff in shortcuts is, are you giving shortcuts a dedicated space or is it part of a stack where like maybe sometimes it'll be your calendar and sometimes it'll be your shortcuts i have a dedicated shortcut stack yeah how about you amen sister amen so so what i'm doing on almost all my devices is i'm having a shortcut stack and then i'm having a i'm sorry just a single shortcut window with four i I can get it within four i don't need to and then and then i've got a stack with everything else with like calendar and um, you know, battery life and stuff where I can swipe between those, but I always want shortcuts available to me at no point. Yeah. Can I not have my shortcuts, my precious, yeah. precious shortcuts? Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So that's cool. I'm glad that they did that. And, and that's kind of the tip of the iceberg as well, because those are the things that you sort of find immediately yeah. when you, when you look at iOS 14 shortcuts Yeah. and then you dig deeper and it gets more fun. Let's talk about triggers. Oh, I was so excited by this. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it. We talked about what well, we, we wanted better triggers. We wanted triggers that didn't keep requesting us to confirm. And we got both of those things. Yay. Yeah, we did. So let's let's start by talking about the new trigger types because they added six. Um, and uh, I watched one of the sessions on shortcuts. And we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but uh, there are six new trigger types, which are pretty cool because they include email a message so you can have shortcuts prompt you to run a shortcut when somebody emails you or when somebody messages you and i'm really hoping that these two are going to tie in with the default email app and default uh, browser setting that we can do so that i can use airmail for example as my primary mail application because that's what i use most of the time and when somebody emails me in airmail it can come up and prompt me to run a shortcut. Yeah. Because that would be awesome. 
Yeah. What kind of shortcuts would you build on an incoming email? Well, I mean, right now I'm moving house. So um, when my solicitor or the mortgage company or somebody emails me, then I would have it prompt me to open the relevant OmniFocus uh, project so I can check off tasks and check what's outstanding uh, there. Um, and that's just the first thing that I thought of. Like, you know, it would integrate with OmniFocus. Because if you use reminders, you can actually have reminders prompt you. This is in iOS 13. When you're messaging with somebody to, to ask them about something. Yeah. Um, but, um, it doesn't work with email yet, uh, but shortcuts is so much better. So, uh, the only thing is, is, uh, email a message, unfortunately will prompt you, would you like to run your shortcut? Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll get to some of the better ones in a moment. Well, I, see, I, when I first heard about this, I'm like, oh, that's bad. You know, I don't want shortcuts. I don't want my email getting into my life even further. But then I got thinking there are times in my life where I'm, I'm really waiting for an email. Sometimes I'm trying to settle a case for a client or whatever. And I have this urge to, uh, you know, to check email frequently. And my usual workflow for that is just to set the person as a VIP. Mm -hmm. But um, you don't always entirely control that. Like maybe if you're waiting for a job interview or something, I, I, yeah. I could see circumstances where this could actually make a lot of sense and it may help you avoid going into email more often. I really hope it does work in all email platforms. Um, yes. But um, I guess we'll find we'll out. We'll have to wait and see on that front. Yeah. And then we've got a new trigger on message, which is kind of related. And then they they gave us four new triggers as well as email on message as well, which are pretty awesome. So last year with iOS 13, we got open app. This year, we got its, uh, its sister uh, uh, trigger, which is close app. So now when you close an app, it can also run a shortcut which is great. And so I'm modifying my, I have a reading um, shortcut. So that when I start reading, it marks it as done in streaks for today, which is great, except for the fact that if I just open the Kindle app to check the title of my current book to, you know, tell a friend about it, then it marks my reading as done for the day. So now what I'm going to do is when I open the app, I'm going to start a timer. And then when I close the app, if my timers run out, because I can check I'm using just timers for this, um, then it will mark it as done in streaks. And if not, it can pause the timer. Yeah, I thought about you as well with this one, because I know that you do a lot of um, uh, timing, automatic uh, time tracking stuff. And if mm -hmm. you have app-based timing, like you open OmniFocus and it starts your planning timer, now you could have yeah. it stop the timer when you close the app, which is nice. Yes, it is. It's so nice. Um, the only thing that I have yet to see, um, and I'm just going to play with this right now, live on air. Uh, where is the app trigger? Open app. There we go. Um, oh, I have no apps. There we go. <laughs> That's good. It opens and goes, there are no apps. I'm going to see maybe if I can uh, find out uh, which... No, I still can't find out which app is running, which is really annoying because I would love to have this do for any application and then I could just filter stuff and use ifs and so on. But instead, I'll have to continue with my my current system of uh, figuring things out from there. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I forgot to mention at the top of the show is that the shortcuts um, colors are more colorful now. They're not quite as muted. Looks nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's a little bit more vibrant and uh, adds a bit more oomph back. Now, a trigger, because, you know, with the new operating system and the Apple Watch update, they're really making a big push on sleep. And uh, Mike and I talked about this over on Focus Podcast. I'm sure you guys have probably talked about it on nested folders as well. But, you know, the big deal with sleep is not, you know, getting a pretty alarm. It's a, it's actually getting enough sleep, you know. And, yes. um, and I like that the Shortcuts team was able to get on that bandwagon, too, because now going to sleep is a trigger. Yeah, it is. Um, so uh, they they added sleeping as a whole feature to the Apple Watch and to your iPhone. And it syncs across devices, which is great. So it's automatically going to put all of your devices in Do Not Disturb at the same time for sleep, which is great. And you can run shortcuts as part of this with the wind down and when you're going to sleep and things like that. And that is just amazing because now, you know, you can customize it. I've already been playing. I currently have weekday and weekend bedtimes, which is something that I've been looking forward to for a really long time. Previously, the uh, bedtime feature inside the clock app was uh, you're doing this every day or just pick the days, but that's it. You have one, you've got one schedule and that's it. Um, and now you can have multiple schedules, which let's be honest, is more realistic, even if maybe it's not the best for us. Most of us tend to Go to bed a little later, 
get up a little later at the weekends. Um, and now you can just have all of that integrated and have it run shortcuts, which is awesome. Rose, you know, I'm going to have to install the beta on my watch now. And it's, I think it's your fault. I'm sorry. I, I would wait until beta two. Don't forget, mine rebooted because I washed my hands earlier. And not because I got my watch wet. I want to play with these toys. So we're going to talk, we're going to do a whole Mac Power Users episode on betas this weekend. So like, how can okay, I do well. that show if I haven't loaded? And Steven will do it. <laughs> yes, Steven will do it. That's always a good reason. Do you have a Mac Museum? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So sleep is a trigger. So start thinking about that. I mean, what are the kinds of things we would want to automate when we go to sleep? Well, obviously, do not disturb mode going on would be one. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe set your device to dark mode. So if you pick it up in the middle of the night, you don't wake up your spouse. I, I can just sitting here. I can think of a bunch of good, good things to do with sleep. Yeah, I've, I've I experimented yesterday with wind down, and it automatically started dark noise uh, with uh, one sound, which was uh, the leaves through the trees. A recently added sound. Yeah. Um, and opened the Kindle app for me for the wind down, which was pretty nice. Um, and then for, for bed, it started the dark noise rain sound, my custom rain sound for an hour, um, which was really nice. I cannot wait for dark noise to get updated for the on-screen widgets. Yeah. Um, the, uh, battery level is now a trigger. I was going to say, so when you're at WWDC next year, then you can automatically have it, put your device into low power mode when you hit 99% battery. Uh, <laughs> but of course, by this time next year, I'll be running iOS 15, I suspect. Yeah. You will, <laughs> you will. Um, but you know, battery level has always because there's cool automations you could make based on where your battery level is. Like saying, "What if I could, you know, have a low power mode?" I think I even covered this in the shortcuts field guide. But the the gating problem was always you have to be aware to run the shortcut, yeah. and now mm -hmm. you don't. There's a trigger that does it for you. So it just it looks the exactly. the uh, uh, shortcuts can monitor battery level and do that. And kind of conversely. When you plug into a charger, that can also be a trigger now. So plugging it into a charger, you can do, you can turn off all that stuff you had, you know, power saving stuff you did since you plug it into a charger. It really makes automation for battery management. It gives you almost all the power as the user, which is exactly what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Like battery level, I can see a lot of people using this like, hey, my phone's hit 5% battery. Like get my current location and email it to people if I'm not at home. Um, so that if my phone does run out of battery, then, um, you know, people know where I am. So if you're out for the day and your, your phone's running out of battery, then people still know where you are and it sends them like a message that says, Hey, my phone's hit 5% battery, but I'm here and I'm fine. It's all good. Uh, you know, no need to tell your parents that's automated. I'm just thinking about the time that you went off the grid and me and Naomi had these visions of what happened to you. The whole United States. And it States. turned out I was asleep at home because, uh, it was the wrong day for my flight. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Microsoft. Learn about building intelligent iOS apps that scale at Microsoft. Microsoft believes any developer should be able to build, deploy, and scale their apps without having to worry about managing services or underlying infrastructure. Whether you are an Objective-C or a Swift developer, Azure has what you need to ship your apps faster and with more confidence. There's all kinds of cool stuff you can do with Azure, like build in the cloud, test on real devices, automatically distribute to beta testers and the App Store, and monitor your apps with real-time crash reports and analytics. You can even add pre-built AI services into your app to make them more intelligent. And if you're a game developer, you can get a complete back-end platform for iOS games with real-time analytics, player management, live ops, and more. Here's what you need to do. They've set up a page where you can learn all about building intelligent iOS apps that scale, uh, aka.ms slash iOS and Azure. Microsoft takes iOS development seriously. They're really supporting app developers. If you're a developer and you want to get help with Azure, get on board. And our thanks to Microsoft for supporting the automators and all of Relay FM. Just head to aka.ms slash iOS and Azure to learn more. Thanks, Microsoft. So we've talked about the new triggers in shortcuts which are pretty darn awesome yeah. let's be honest there so congratulations shortcuts team if you're listening you are, you are owed very lots of pats on the back especially because most triggers in shortcuts can now run automatically amen i can hear the crowd screaming at that yes the automators crowd they're screaming right now they're screaming in their cars 
or screaming at home while they're staying home. But either way, uh, one of the big headaches that both of us have talked about and a very common email we get from listeners is, hey, your automations are really cool, but I have to hit a confirmation dialogue every time it runs. So the automation really isn't automatic. And they were right. And so we were really hoping that um, they would come up with a way to allow us to run automations without doing that confirmation. And for a big pile of the triggers, that is now the case. Yes, exactly. So like time of day, um, you know, sleep, workouts, uh, charging, battery level, opening and closing apps. Some of these previously did make you ask um, and some of them may have even like NFC tags would just let you run things automatically. But now most of the triggers um, can just go even time of day. So I have one that runs at 10 p.m. at night um, that just checks some stuff and sends me a notification about my OmniFocus statistics. It just works. Yeah, I, I did. I set it up immediately, too. Um, I have a, a large DevonThink database, and getting that synced on the iPad takes some time. And so every night now at 2 a.m., my iPad turns itself on, opens DevonThink, and just leaves itself going. And then when I wake up in the morning, it's always got the most current synchronization data from DevonThink. Mm-hmm. Which is great, especially when you're still getting something like that set up. Um, I've, I've been using it not just for, for the, the OmniFocus uh, stats at the end of the day, but I also tried it uh, yesterday morning to clock me into work. Um, but then I realized I should probably actually confirm that I'm working uh, instead of just having it automatically clock me in and out every day. Yeah, <laughs> but this is such a game changer because a lot of automations that before I was hesitant to use because I'm like, I'm never going to remember to hit the confirmation. The phone will be in uh-huh. my pocket. Now, all of a sudden, it makes a lot of this stuff possible. So I think it's going to really improve automation on on mobile devices. The mechanics of it are when you create the trigger, you know, this is an this is through the automation tab, just like it was with iOS 13. But when you create it, there's actually a checkbox that says, I think, you know, display confirmation or something to that extent and just automatically yeah. turn that off. I think that the default has it turned on, but you just click the button. Yeah, ask when running is turned on by default. And my only niggle with shortcuts automations as true automations that run automatically by themselves is they still come up with a notification that says your shortcut is running, which is a little bit of a shame, but I can live with it. And I know why it's there. And it's there because shortcuts run automatically. Yeah. Um, and for the people who aren't aware, like, hey, why did my phone just do this stuff? Like having the fact that, you know, it comes up and says your shortcut is running, then you can tap on it. It'll take you to shortcuts. And hopefully from there, people will figure out what's going on. Uh, I wish I could disable that. I know you can disable notifications from shortcuts completely with a bit of a hack. I'm not sure I'm willing to do that because I do actually use notifications um, and I don't want to divert everything to push cut, um, which I could do, but I would I would like to keep shortcuts notifications and just disable that. But I see why it's there. See, I don't find it that much of a problem because it is the shortcut is running it's not is the shortcut going to run <laughs> you know it, it actually does run it just gives you well a- i mean in my testing it was like is this actually going to work and so what did i test it with a notification yeah. so it's like two notifications in a row because i i like to end a lot of shortcuts with notifications because then they tell me that they they did stuff yeah it's like hey, hey i did this rose it's good yeah 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 which is great, but then I get double notifications. So I guess I'm just going to need to train myself out of that habit um, or not have it inside of the the automated ones and figure out something for when I'm running it in non-automated fashion. But so many of these, like, you know, the, you know, starting a workout, you can now have it start a workout and put yourself into a disturb without having to fiddle with your phone, you know, plugging yeah. it into CarPlay. There's just all the stuff that I really wanted to go a step further with, but never did because I didn't want to hit that confirmation box is now possible. So this is awesome. I am real happy that they got this in. Yeah. And especially the workout stuff combined with the fact shortcuts is now on the Apple watch. Yeah. That is great because now you can actually start and you can have a specific shortcut in a specific uh, complication on your Apple watch. So you can switch to your, your workout face and have, um, you know, your shortcut there. And just tap on it and it'll start the workout. It'll play your music, put you in do not disturb it and so on. And then when you end the workout, it'll do a bunch of other things, you know, whatever it is you tell it to do. And you can do it all from your watch and just leave your phone at home. We love that. Yes, agreed. 
but that's not the end of our new toys. There's so much more. Um, the you know the feature that I love most about Keyboard Maestro that I've always wanted in shortcuts is the ability to copy and paste actions. Hallelujah! And we got it. Hallelujah! Yeah. We got it. And ah, oh, okay. So I still not played that much with this. Well, how did you feel about it the first time you tried it, David? Uh, it's just you know that's what we've needed. It's like yes. I mean that. I don't know how else to say. I mean, I mean, it's so much better than trying to rebuild or build shortcuts as subroutines that you embed in other shortcuts. You know, that, that makes sense. And you can also now open on your iPad two instances of shortcuts and you can, you know, making copy and paste even more useful because you can see both the uh, source and destination shortcut. Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, if you're there and you're trying to perhaps split up a shortcut what you can do um at least this is how i've been doing it uh, i just tap on the little icon in the top left hand corner of a shortcut action okay so for example the little yellow square next to the word comment or text um and then on that from there you can show info you can mark it as a favorite you could duplicate that action which is really useful if you've already got a text block and you need to have almost the same text with something a little bit different in there and just move some variables around in another section of your if, you can just duplicate. You can also copy, and then there's paste above and paste below. So when you want to put it in, you can, you know, just paste it above or below one that already exists. And of course, from there, you can also remove uh, if you didn't want to tap the cross in the top right. I'm not quite sure how useful remove is in that context, but we'll see. You know, what I haven't tried as I'm sitting here is copying multiple as a block. I don't think that's possible. I don't think so either. Uh, so far, I've only been able to figure out how to copy one at a time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for, for things that have a more complex setup, like get contents of URL, that action uh, is going to be very, very useful. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So all of my Airtable shortcuts are about to drastically improve. Amen. Amen. I, I'm just so glad. I feel like a lot of the stuff we talked about it last year, we got this year. I'm, I'm very happy because when you want, when we watched the short, the, uh, the keynote, they didn't even mention it. So I'm like, well, did shortcuts get love this year? And it did. Oh yeah. All the love. Um, we've been talking off and on throughout the show about shortcuts and the Apple watch, but now there's shortcuts on the Apple watch. Yes, there is. And, um, I alluded to this earlier, but what you can do is, uh, one app can now have, multiple complications in um so say for example you've got that um what is it the infograph uh, face yeah. infograph modular that's what i'm thinking of okay and then across the bottom of that you've got three small square icons so say for example carrot weather because carrot is definitely going to do this I, I can tell they're going to do this they can have those three slots filled and that can be three different pieces of information so now if we take that to shortcuts, shortcuts can have three different shortcuts yeah. inside of those complications. So you tap it and it runs that shortcut. And then the one on the right runs a different shortcut, for example. Yeah. Like for instance, let's say that you have the home kit uh, complication because you like to turn your lights off and on from your watch, but really you're only running two different scenes. You know, you open yeah. home kit and you, there's only two scenes you're really picking from every day. You could make a shortcut triggering each one of those scenes individually and put two shortcuts on your watch. So like you could say studio lighting and you push the button and you say bedroom lighting and you could have those without having to go through the home kit app and you could even yes. add some, you know, play some music to it or whatever. And, um, that's awesome. I say, I'm using yeah. the word awesome too much today, but I'm very excited about all these shortcut tools. I mean, I, th I think we should be very excited about all these shortcuts because there's a there's a lot going on here. Yeah, it's not like last last year we got a complete rewrite. Last year our minds were blown. This year I feel more like I've had a you know if last year was turkey dinner, this is like the pumpkin and the chocolate pie at the end. It's like yes, this, oh. is, the, this is what I needed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards, there there may be the wow, I really overindulged in this. Aka, I've installed all the bases and now my my life is hilariously unstable. Well, then you just take a nap like you do on things. Exactly. Exactly. So the analogy continues to work. And this is kind of related. I am going to make an update to the shortcuts field guide. It's going to be a free update mm -hmm. this year because I don't have to re-record everything. But the um, but the, all this stuff I'm going to make videos for. So if you're a shortcuts customer, that that will will be 
when it releases, I'll have a bunch of videos on this. It's yeah, yeah. going to be fun making And I'm going to be updating Take Control of Shortcuts as well for anybody who's who's got that book. It, it's going to need an update after all this. Yeah, definitely. Apple Watch, while well, we're talking about the Apple Watch, let's talk about the Apple Watch related actions because we got some new actions related to Apple Watch. Yeah, we did. So this is one I asked for. And I'm sure I bugged the Shortcuts team about this like 8,000 times. So uh, thank you to everybody else who also bugged the Shortcuts team about this by filing feedback. Uh, we can change our watch faces by a shortcut action now. So when I clock into work, it can automatically change my watch face to a work watch face. And when I clock out, it can automatically change it to my after work uh, watch face. And when I change timers with Timery for my time tracking, I can change watch faces to be appropriate to what I'm doing. Um, and I'm just so excited. This is such a game changer, Rose. And, and like not even like just clocking to work. You could also do it on time-based stuff. Like say, oh yeah, after five o'clock, just turn it on to my evening face or at 10 exactly. p.m. put on my bedtime face or at you yeah. know in the morning, put on my planning face. Um, yeah, like the sleep one, it automatically changes my watch face to my sleep watch face. Yes, I have a sleep watch face. It's the uh, the the extra large in red, um, just so that I it, if I do look at it, it doesn't ruin my eyesight at night. Um, but you know, this is amazing. I thought Apple added a special face when you put it into sleep mode. Now they did, they did, but I like to have uh, my my standard one at the moment because I'm still playing with things. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. I feel like this is great, and a lot of people use the same face, but. Now that you, if you're an automator, you can make your watch, you know, bend your watch to your will. Like I could have a podcast watch face. And if I have a yeah. calendar event that has the word podcast in it, it could give me podcast data on my watch. I, I mean, I yeah. can't even begin wow. to think what I'm going to do with this, but I am really looking forward. I, I've got to install the beta. It's If my watch breaks, it's Rose's fault. Just so we're clear. Okay. So here's the thing. I read on Reddit um, while my watch was busy installing the watchOS beta, that apparently these actions also work if you're not on the watchOS beta. So if you're just going to do it for these ah. things, David, please do me a favor and try the actions uh, beforehand. I will. Um, because I I think so. you, you won't have the shortcuts app on your watch yet, but you're doing it for research, right? Yes. That's what it's all for. Yeah. For the people. For the people. Yeah, for, for the people. Other actions, you can change it into theater mode. Which yeah, was what I used the cinema mode. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that at night because yeah, um, I didn't want it to wake up in the middle of the night and you know light up my my wife you know keep her awake. Uh, but now the new sleep feature they've got something else. You can put it on silent mode. Mm -hmm. The water lock. You can yeah. Trigger the so um, I'm I'm going to combine this with my swimming. So I have a swimming workout. Yeah. Um or a, a yeah, it's a swimming workout um shortcut. Um, and one of the things that we'll do now is it will, as well as starting my swimming workout, uh, it's also going to turn on the water lock. And then when I finish, I can turn off the water lock. Did you see the guy that did the slow motion video of the Apple Watch ejecting water? I did not. I, that sounds pretty cool. I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's 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 amazing. <laughs> I, I never got so impressed with little speakers and drops of water before. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. You can also control the always on trigger. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm thinking that maybe I don't need my watch always on while I'm at work. Um, but it would be pretty cool to have it the rest of the time. So I might build that into my clocking and clocking out shortcut. I really, we'll I really like the always on watch. I got the new one last year. Oh, and same. It's, uh, yeah. It's lovely to have, but sometimes I feel like I don't need it. And especially with the watchOS beta. Um, I don't know how your battery life is doing, uh, David, on your phone. Um, but I bought the the battery pack from Apple for for my 11. Uh, kind of for this. And uh, I'm kind of glad I did because I am going through battery faster. Not as fast as I have done with previous pages where I was basically plugged into the largest possible battery pack I could find from 10 a.m. Uh, having left my hotel at 9. But, um, you know, it's, it, it is it uh, is definitely eating through battery a little bit more. So it's worth being able to turn off the always on uh, for for things where you maybe don't need it, especially if you're on holiday or something and you're not really checking the time. Yeah, the uh, the battery tune is always at the very end of the beta process, and it it all your devices use more battery during the betas. But yeah, I mean one of the reasons why I didn't feel bad about installing it so many places this year is I'm home. You know, I'm not traveling. Yeah. Doesn't you know if something goes wrong, I can rebuild it. It's not the end of the world. Um, exactly. The uh, now you put a note in here about Apple TV autom automations. I didn't even realize that was 
in this. What, have you played with that? Okay, so the Apple TV had a bunch of automation actions already in there, like waking your Apple TV, opening apps on your Apple TV, and stuff like that. This year, I think I've only spotted two actions, which I'm pretty certain were not there before, which is switching users on the Apple TV and starting the screensaver on the Apple TV. Um, there may be other actions that are new, but there are quite a few actions to control your Apple TV, and especially if you have a shared Apple TV um, and most people control it by their phones because you lost that remote years ago and nobody knows where it is anymore. Um, then uh, you can actually set up a shortcut on everyone's phone that's going to open it with their user profile. Um, so it'll have their watch history for things and their game history, um, which is improved this year in tvOS, I believe. I, I'm just thinking through an automation where I walk in the room where we have our TV and and my uh, my shortcuts recognizes it and sets my watch face to the one with the Apple TV remote on it. So much to play with. All right. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's another new action as well that I found. I haven't found that many. Uh, I confess I haven't done a lot of digging. Um, but there's two that I found, which is recognize sound. Um, and I believe it's supposed to like help you recognize, like, is that a fire truck versus an ambulance versus a police car? Yeah. Um, and um, one that's perhaps a little more relevant to you and me, David, show notes folder. So open a particular folder from notes. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, the I feel like the Apple Notes application still needs way more love from shortcuts. That's not enough. Oh yeah. I have since the last time we talked, Rose, I am moving in almost entirely to drafts. I've just, you know, he just Greg just keeps making the app so much better. And, yes. and then when he added the wiki style cross linking, I'm like, why am I fighting this? So I'm actually storing data in drafts. I've always Drafts has always been in my dock. It's always been the app I use to write with, but now I'm actually storing a bunch of text in there too. It's a great app for that. And especially for anybody doing automation stuff. Like I have things which automatically create drafts and it gets those UIDs and saves them back to Airtable so that from Airtable, I then have a formula which creates a URL um, and I can just click on the drafts link and open that particular draft. Yeah, I mean, it's you can make a specifically addressable draft with shortcuts and you can't do that with Apple Notes. And that, that makes all the difference. Yep, it really does. All right. Um, new keyboard shortcuts. Yeah, they added some keyboard shortcut support to shortcuts. Um, so uh, if you if you pre- press and hold on the command key on the iPad, I'm not going to go into too much detail on these because it may change before uh, you know this stuff comes out in September. Um, but you can jump to, for example, the automations folder. And the gallery, which has automation suggestions in it, by the way, now, as well as app suggestions. It will also suggest specific automations that you may want to do. Um, and uh, you can create new shortcuts and run shortcuts. But that, the creating new shortcuts and running shortcuts was already there. But there, there's some extra stuff in there, too. The text field shortcut is still, action is still minuscule. I I do wish they Use would. Uh, drafts. Yeah. Sorry. That's what yeah. I have. Well, you know what? Now that I'm working in drafts, I can do that. I can just yeah. link to a, a draft note. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. One yeah. more benefit. Um, yes. There used to be a feature when it was workflow where you could import uh, workflow files. Yeah. And when shortcuts first came out, the first version of shortcuts um, on iOS, when it was still a download this from the app store and install it, but it belongs to Apple app. Um, you could still import dot shortcut files, and then last year it went away and people were very, very sad. And now it appears to be working again. Um, and I say appears to be working again. I have done it once. It worked fine. But I make no promises that this will still be there when September comes. Because, of course, you know, anything can change. We've got a couple of months here. Yeah, agreed. We It just, um, but, you know, and I always thought that it was a security thing, but they brought it back. Yeah. So maybe it was a maybe programming not. thing. Um, but, I mean, we also got to run shortcuts automatically at a specific time. So, yeah. Tell tell Apple everything's fine here. And, you know, if anybody asks, it's all good. No, I agree. I, I feel like we've really kind of hit the jackpot for this. Well, I'll call this the second year of the new shortcuts because I feel like last year was a reset. Um, yeah. And I think that's, we're getting exactly the kind of stuff we would like. I would have liked to have a few more actions. But, you know, um, I haven't heard anything yet as we record this show, whether memory allocation or some of the the typical developer problems have been solved or addressed or not, but well, if we find out, we will uh, we'll update you on the next episode. Yeah, I've seen anecdotal evidence that it's running better in the background, 
Um, but I've not seen like specific data as to hey, this shortcut previously could not run in the background and now it does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I do think that you know they're continuing to push forward and I love it. Yeah. And uh, there's uh, two other little hidden gems, um, which I found, um, and I'm sure a lot of other people have found as well, which are when you create a new shortcut, previously it would save the shortcut to the bottom of your list, which when you have 600 odd shortcuts is a long way to scroll, or if you did and still do tap on the word shortcuts at the bottom of your screen, it would jump to the bottom. But now new shortcuts automatically save to the top of your list which puts them right at the top when it comes to, um, you know, widgets and stuff like that, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Um, and then the other thing uh, that um, I found is uh, there is a new accessibility trigger, which can run shortcuts. Um, in fact, there are two new accessibility triggers. Uh, tapping on the back of your phone twice. Yeah, the back tap. And tapping on the back of your phone three times. Yeah. And that can run a shortcut. And so I've set it up. So if I tap the back of my phone twice, it'll ask me what I want to add to my grocery list. And if I tap it three times, it'll ask me what errand I want to run. See, I, I'm going to do that. I just haven't figured out which shortcuts are worthy. <laughs> you know? Well, the other thing that you can do, which I saw a couple of people saying that they were going to do, is set the double tap to just open your camera, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, very smart if you're like using your phone. What I usually do, especially right now, I have the battery case attached all the time. So I just press the, the dedicated button on the battery case and yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Um, but um, I usually, uh, if I don't have the battery case, I swipe the notifications down and then swipe right. Or even two taps for camera, three taps for flashlight. Yeah, that that would be a pretty awesome idea, actually. Um, and technically, that's an accessibility feature. But I, I feel accessibility and automation definitely uh link together in many cases and i think that this is one where it definitely benefits everybody yeah they do this episode of automators is brought to you by devonthink the flagship product from devon technologies devonthink is a professional document and information management application for the mac that helps you collect file organize edit and annotate all kinds of documents so you can reach digital organizational heaven Archive all of your email with the Enhanced Email Archiver and scan your paper documents with the revised scanner interface. You can even imprint PDFs with custom stamps before giving them to others. Then, organize your documents in any way you want. Smart groups let you create different views on your data and the integrated AI assists you with filing and searching. Plus, you can automate your workflow, create smart rules and add flexible reminders to any document. They even let non-programmers easily automate many parts of the workflow, so you can delegate the boring, repeating tasks to DevonThink. And finally, sync your data securely between your devices, using your preferred web storage or even directly on your local network. Take your data with you with DevonThink's iOS companion application. You can get 10% off DevonThink 3 or upgrade to it right now. Just go to devontechnologies.com slash automators. That's devontechnologies.com slash automators for 10% off. Our thanks to Devon Technologies for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So we didn't just get shortcuts uh, improvements this year. We also got improvements to HomeKit. And um, yeah, uh, I feel like that's a worthy topic for automators. Yeah. And I think I'm going to start at the, the bottom of our, our notes here in the outline, David, um, and say uh, how amazed I was to see the words Amazon and Google on the screen during WWDC and that Apple are working with them and sharing HomeKit. Um, I did see some some companies, I think it was on VentureBeat, saying that HomeKit is being open sourced. I'm not sure exactly how it's being shared, so I'm going to stick with the word share. But I'm really hoping that this means that we're going to see an end to the days of HomeKit support coming soon, also known as never, um, because it does feel like a lot of products ship and say, we're going to add HomeKit support later, and then they don't do it. So I'm hoping that by HomeKit support being the thing that you need to to use to make these devices work on iOS and with Amazon devices and with the Google products, that we're going to have a much better unified experience for everybody. Yeah. Um, regardless of what platform you're using. And also that all the stuff that works with my my HomePod will also work with my my Sonos One. And I got an Echo Dot recently, David. Um, so, um, you know, I'm really hoping that this is going to significantly improve things. 
Well, the, the announcement was a little vague. They said that Apple is working with Google and Amazon, and it sounded like for a unified standard. It's kind yes. of that's the what I heard from it. It's thinking, yeah, they did say the words unified standard. So when you get so when you go to Amazon to buy a, a home automation device, you don't have to look to say Amazon supported, Google supported, HomeKit supported. That there would just be one standard in theory yeah. that it would work with all devices, and this is what should happen. But you've got these multi-billion dollar companies that all have egos and all want to say, well, we have the better standard, right? And and I think part of the thing is that Apple has not really been super successful. I, I would say that HomeKit is the least supported of those three standards. Unfortunately, So if yes. you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. I, and I, I'm wondering, is Google giving up their standard? I mean, are we truly going to have one unified standard or is it just that Apple's making HomeKit more open so anybody can address it. I, I just don't really, I feel like there's details missing on this, but either way, it sounds like it is going to be more accessible and we're going to have more HomeKit devices. Yes. Which is always a good thing. Having, you know, more devices supported. Um, it might even bring down the price. I know that a lot of companies didn't want to work with HomeKit previously um, because a long time ago you had to have specific chips in your hardware yeah. and then they changed it to a pure software requirement, Yeah, uh, which was better. But then uh, some devices like I think it was the Sonos Play 1 didn't have enough space on the chips to update to stuff with AirPlay 2, which is part of HomeKit. Um, so for some devices, you know, that was a problem. But hopefully we're going to see some some improvements here and it's going to get better for everybody, regardless of what platform they're on. Well, like I was laughing, one of the big new features is that if you have a HomeKit doorbell, uh, it can and it has because now it has face detection, it can announce through your HomePod who's at your door. Like if it recognizes Rose is at my door, my HomePod will say Rose is at your door. And you'll go, wait, what? How did she get here? Yeah, Exactly. I mean, does she have a parachute? I would ask, but, but when they were I'm, making I'm the announcement, teleporter. I was hung up because I, I was saying, wait, home kit doorbell. Do those even exist? I'm not, you know, it's like all the big players and doorbell stuff are not home kit on home kit. So it's mm -hmm. like, that is, you know, the big disconnect here is you need the device to be on home kit to get all these features. And, and I, yeah. I do think that uh, I keep hoping next year's year. So last year they announced secure home video and I am super interested in that. I don't oh, really yeah. want, not only is it the money? Because I've traditionally paid a company to store my video for me online, but I just don't like the fact that there's some third party company that has my video, especially because yeah. some of the cameras are in my house and who knows who's going to buy the company, who's going to hack their server. I trust yeah. Apple more than anybody else with this problem. And, uh, it's been a year since they announced home kit secure video, but now it seems like it's becoming real. Like, uh, Eufy, E U F Y, the company, it's a subsidiary of anchor, that mm -hmm. they make a bunch of cameras. They are getting HomeKit support in their cameras. And there's a bunch of them that are starting to show up. So yeah. um, I feel like we're getting there finally. And we'll definitely be doing some content in the next year about HomeKit. Oh, yeah. Especially with some of the other stuff coming. So you mentioned that it can announce on a HomePod um, that uh, when somebody's at the door, it can also show you that video on the Apple TV of that person at your door. Yeah. Uh, which is is great, you know, and it'll come up and it'll send, you know, pushes to your devices so that you'll you'll know who's at the door and you can look at them and you can watch them and go, hmm, do they look like they're in a good mood? Do I want to let them in today or am I just going to pretend I'm not home? Yeah. Um, and as well as that, they also announced adaptive lighting, yeah. um, which sounds very fancy. But basically, if you have these color changing or even just white light changing bulbs that can go through different shades of white, um, so the more yellow white to the more blue whites, then for those people who've previously used Flux, and for those of us who use Color Shift on our iOS devices and our Macs, basically you get this for your entire home. For real life. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Real life. Like, everywhere it does Flux. Um, now all I need is when I, like, pull two fingers outwards on a piece of paper, that it will actually zoom in. And uh, yeah. I'm set, basically, for everything. I've always thought that was a good idea, to, like, have the warmer light at night and the cooler light in yep. the morning. And I've toyed with the idea. In fact, I had started recording a video for the shortcuts field guide of, of an automation up, but because it required confirmation, I I scrapped it. But now I could now I could build that myself. But even better, the operating system just does it, and it it it's not yeah. like a, a a trigger where it goes from one to the next. It's a gradual thing over the course of the day. Um, I still have a couple Philips Hue lights in the house, and I'm looking forward to uh, to trying this out and seeing how it works. 
Yeah, I'm feeling really good about my. I'm just going to stick with the Philips Hue stuff uh, yeah. train that I I've been on because I I lived in a rented apartment before. I'm about to move into my own apartment. Um, but uh, instead of replacing light switches, which would be you know the smart thing to do, uh, I'm going to stick Philips Hue switches on top of the light switches and just have Hue everywhere and adaptive lighting in my house. Yeah, nice. Home kit devices now show up in Control Center. That was a surprise in the beta for me. I pulled down Control Center at one point, and I'm like, oh, look, there's a bunch of, of switches for my various lights. And yeah. that was really nice. Yeah, this is great because right now I'm staying with my parents, and they have one light. So I don't need to open the home area anymore and toggle like that one light. It's just like, yeah, no, this one light's right here. That's perfect. I'll just tap it and toggle that on and off. Also, HomeKit got a, a visual refresh. I would argue probably not enough for me, but it's a, it's progress. Yep. You know, they, it identifies the type of lights, everything's still in the same shapes. And I just feel like they could make it more user-friendly, but it is a little better. Yes, it is. Uh, it's, you know, progress. And that's, that's what we're always after here. Uh, we're never going to get everything that we wanted, but we are going to, you know, see improvements to everything. One of the nice things they did is like if an app is in use, you get it in a circle icon as opposed to the square icon. So that, you know, that helps. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm going to play more with it. We're kind of early in the beta process. And like I said, we're going to give a whole show to HomeKit once things settle. And yeah. um, and that that's a topic for a future show. Um, now, over on the Mac side, there weren't a lot of announcements and there really haven't been a lot of automation related now since we didn't get shortcuts for the Mac, for instance, but there is stuff to report. Um, I, I installed the uh, beta Big Sur on my laptop. I think Rose, you've done the same as well. No, because right now I only have one laptop and I thought if I have to record all of my podcasts um, and screencasts on the one device and I'm running a brand new straight out of the box, nobody else has skinny picked it, uh, developer beta of the operating system. It's a toss-up between who no. would kill me. It could be you. It could be JF Brissett, who's been on the show before. It could be Scotty. Or it could be Jim, our editor. Um, all lovely people usually, but if I decided to t- put my current only production machine on a beta, um, yeah, I- I'd have to hide. Yeah, I forgot you didn't have a second machine because you're... Not right now. Yeah. I'm in the process of getting all my stuff back, but uh, it's going to take a while. Yeah, okay. Uh, it looks really pretty, you know, but we'll leave that for Good. another day. But the... Uh, I spent time running all the typical automation tools. Text Expander works just out of the box. I couldn't see any problems. Hazel works. Uh, we I don't know if we discussed on the show or not. Starting with Catalina, there was some sort of bug in the operating system where Hazel occasionally crashes while you're building rules. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this or not, but it happens to me on occasion. But it works eventually. And then the rules still run, but there's some sort of underlying bug. I recently corresponded with Paul over at NoodleSoft, and he says he's trying to get Apple to fix. There's something Apple needs to fix that's causing this, but with that same bug still exists in my experiments mm-hmm. on big Sur, but Hazel still works. Um, keyboard maestro works fine. There's no problems. And Apple scripts obviously still work. So there's no, nothing broke. Hallelujah. You know, we're good. Yeah. Um, the uh so you're good I, somebody was tweeting me and um the keyboard maestro developer a question about well if apple switches to arm max or quote unquote apple silicon max is that going to break tools like keyboard maestro i don't think it is but i thought that'd be a fun question to talk about with you do yeah. you see any problems with the switch to apple silicon for our automation tools I mean, I don't see like any anything we already have, like they've said, is going to keep working. So as far as I see it, it's more that there are going to be more possibilities. So everything that's built for the iPad, and they did say this in the keynote, um, that you're going to be able to run iOS and iPadOS apps straight on these Apple Silicon machines. Like there's not going to be like Catalyst or anything involved. It's just going to be this app now runs on this device too which I can only see as a benefit. Imagine something like Pushcut as Pushcut server on your Mac running your shortcuts. Yes. Like, yes. That, that's going to be amazing. Now, bearing in mind, it's going to take a couple of years to get there. They did say that the first Mac Pro with Apple Silicon is not going to be out until 2022. Um, so that, that's two years, plus allow a year for delays. So that's going to be three years. Um, but 
Um, I think that this is mostly going to be a good thing. Now, I did hear, and I'm not sure whether or not like Apple or Microsoft have said anything officially about this. I did hear a boot camp is gone, um, which means that dual booting is not going to happen anymore. So for people who have been developing for Windows stuff and they, they've been writing cross-platform applications, it may end up being a problem for them. And especially for f- small developer shops, they may have to decide, am I focusing on Mac or Windows? here um and which of these two makes me the most money um so we may lose some applications but i believe out of text expander hazel keyboard maestro and apple script text expander is the only one that works on windows um and their their windows application is newer um and i believe um that they're they're not going to have a problem continuing doing both of those oh no not at all it's always been separate development the the, the bigger exactly. issue is for people who want to dual boot and yeah. we talked about this on uh, this week's episode of Mac Power Users. My advice is if you really need to run Windows on your Mac, um, now is the time to start thinking about your final upgrade. <laughs> you know, get yourself the the baddest the last Intel. Intel Mac you can, because I think that Windows is not going to work on these ARM machines. Or if it does, it's going to be um, yeah. very slow or it's just, you know, it's going to have a translation layer that's going to slow it down. Um, so yeah. if it does I mean, does it's it entirely possible. It will work great as a virtual machine. Like Windows does run on ARM. I want to say that some of their Surface tablets are ARM devices. Um, but I'm not 100% certain on that because I, I honestly haven't kept up to date with what Windows machines are out there. I do know that Windows for ARM exists. So it's entirely possible that it will be like a virtual machine only job. But I also know that some applications like um, the the CAD applications do not work in virtual machines, basically. Um, and so those people have had to dual boot. So we're going to see what happens on that front. But we've got a couple of years before it becomes a problem because as well as Apple saying, hey, we're switching to Apple Silicon, they also said, and we've got new Intel stuff in the pipeline as well. So yeah. they're, they're hedging their bets a little bit there, uh, which I think is a good thing for, because some people are obviously going to be a little worried about this. So they'll get the the Intel option. And I, I'd point you toward to this week's episode of MPU because Stephen actually did a bunch of research. You can't even buy Windows for ARM as a product. I mean, it's just... I think it's unlikely that these new new Apple Silicon machines are going to run Windows. Uh, and while it's going to be a couple of years for the Mac Pro, they are going to be releasing Apple Silicon Macs before the end of this year. The, oh, yeah. The rumor mill is an iMac and a 13-inch MacBook Pro. Who knows if that's true or not. But, but something yeah. you said that I want to go back to talk about is once you have one of these ARM machines – you will be able to run iPad and iPhone apps natively. They'll just run on these machines. So it's like, yeah. Uh, and automation is interesting because there's a bunch of automation I can do on the Mac that I can't do on the iPad and iPhone. But conversely, there's a bunch of automation I do on iPad and iPhone that are better than the automa- similar automations I run on my Mac. So you mm-hmm. could have a best of both worlds scenario where you could run, and I'm guessing we can run shortcuts on the Mac through this auto? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, w- I want to see how this works because say, for example, Pushcut automation server, like a lot of my Pushcut automation server stuff requires drafts. Okay. And yeah. these are using drafts actions. They're not URL schemes. Um, they're drafts actions. Now I'm wondering, am I going to be able to install drafts for iOS as well as drafts for Mac or is drafts for Mac going to be able to pick up um, those intents because one of the things that we did see with the changes to Swift UI is they added support for stuff like um, no, sorry, not the changes to Swift UI, the changes to Catalyst. They added support for ARKit. Now, this doesn't mean that the Mac is getting ARKit. What this means is that when you write an, uh, an application that has AR in it, you no longer need to do some fancy footsie logic that goes, hey, does this device have support for ARKit? Yeah, so I'm going to do this here, and then if it doesn't, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Uh, you just say, hey, it does this. And you know, and it works. Um, so the idea is to try and reduce a bit of developer overhead, which I'm really looking forward to. Also, they finally added date pickers to SwiftUI. Hey. Yeah. Um, the, sorry, to Catalyst, uh, which is great. Um, so they, that's good for me. Um, but um, you know, I'm hoping that what we're going to see is um, that developers are going to be able to either add those same intents to the Mac applications or that um, I'm going to be able to have Drafts for iOS and Drafts for Mac installed simultaneously um, and that Pushcut automation server on my Mac will just talk to, you know, Drafts for iOS 
Uh, but I guess we're going to find out. Like, I'm I'm feeling that I may need to get one of these. Like, my 13-inch my MacBook Air is a very cute little device. But having used it as my production machine for coming on 14 weeks now, uh, I'm feeling like it's owed an upgrade. So one of those 13-inch MacBook Pros running on Apple Silicon that have been rumored may well be in my future. Oh, yeah, that'll be very tempting, you know, to sell your other devices and, and get into yeah. one of those. Because if For no other reason to talk about this stuff, but do some automation. Uh, a little bit of a side note. Have you noticed in the iOS and iPad OS betas a new time picker in some of the apps? Yes. So the, the so when I was testing the automation um, stuff from tapping the the back of my phone. Um, I just added. I can't even remember which one it is. Oh, preparing for going on a vacation at work. Um, so I tap the back of my phone three times, and it pops up, and it has a new calendar picker instead of the the wheels of time. So the wheels of time have gone, and I've got a calendar picker. Yeah. Um, there, which is I like it. It's nice. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. I'm not sure it's appeared everywhere yet. It's, it's like not. if I open OmniFocus, it is not in OmniFocus, but at the same time, OmniGroup only found out on Monday that this was coming. So sure. they haven't had a chance to to do an update there. So, you know, this is June. We have until September. It's developer beta one. I think we're gonna see a lot of awesome stuff coming through test flight in the next couple of months. Um, and some developers will probably be there going, no, this ruins everything. And other developers will be there going, you know, James Thompson, creator of PCalc, compiled uh, PCalc from, for, for Mac for uh, ARM in a couple of minutes, found out the new widgets. He can't do a calculator in them and said, okay, well, I'm done for the summer. You know, obviously that's not it, but like the big stuff, like there's not a huge amount for him to do. So we're going to see a, an interesting mix of things coming our way. Yeah, the uh, uh, Greg over at uh, Smile Software gave me the perfect analogy for this. He said every time he goes to WWDC, he gets homework assignments and he gets Christmas presents. And a good year is one where he has way more Christmas presents than homework assignments. And homework assignments are uh, additional work just to make the things you have already working keep working. You know, and then everything on top of that is a Christmas present. So it's yeah. it's kind of funny, uh, but the. Uh, yeah. But I, I think for shortcuts, we've got a bunch of material here, um, and it's going to be really fun digging in on these. I'm sure, you know, whenever we record the show on Beta 1, we do right after WWC, things may change. I remember last year, we were very excited about a couple of features that didn't make it in the final run. Yeah, I still miss that change background uh, image. I just uh, was going to ask you, that. I, I haven't seen that. I don't think it came back. I haven't this year. Se- I, I'm checking again. Uh, Open the new shortcut that I started creating earlier to test things. Now I wait for the actions to load. And if I type back, then it has a recommendation for slingback high heel sandals that I was looking at <laughs> on a website earlier. Okay. Uh, but I'm not seeing an, uh, an option to change my background image. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's look for wallpaper. Yeah, nothing in the wallpaper. Okay, that's not entirely true. I was shopping for wallpaper earlier. It's got more Safari recommendations for me, but no action to change my wallpaper or background image. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, so there we are with beta one, uh, it's automators and fans of automation. We've got lots of new toys to play with. We're going to have a lot of fun oh, yeah. doing that. We will come back to talk about this. I mean, our program isn't going to be all about these betas throughout the next several months, but we wanted to at least have one show where we kind of hit the highlights. And, yeah. um, as we get towards release, we'll probably cover it again once we know exactly what's out there. And by then Rose and I will have had a chance to build some fun automations on this stuff. Yeah, and maybe we can even share some watch faces with you with shortcuts built into them. Yeah. I'm not quite sure if that works yet or if you can just share the watch face and you have to share the shortcut separately, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of automation-based watch faces, especially yeah. with a computer watch that you can really make work for you. And uh, oh, that, yeah. that's going to be fun to uh, to explore. Either way, we are the automators. You can find us over at relay.fm slash automators. You can get in the forums at talk.automators.fm. Also, the show's website is at automators.fm. Um, we thank our sponsors this week, and that's our friends over at Microsoft and DevonThink. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone.